Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Focal. Is there really such a thing as a focal glomerulonephritis? In 1976, at the 11th International Congress of the International Academy of Pathology in Washington, D.C., I had a chance to hear Dr. Jean Berger and his associate, Dr. Yaniva, from the Hospital Necker in Paris, France. The lecture was interesting and somewhat ironic in that, as I recall, Dr. Berger asked if there was really such a thing as focal glomerulonephritis, the word focal, meaning involvement of some of the glomeruli but not others in this context. He indicated in his abstract that, and I quote, in most cases looking at focal glomerulonephritis by light microscopy, diffuse glomerular changes are evidenced by electron microscopy or immunofluorescence. Diffuse immunoglobulin deposits are found in subacute bacterial endocarditis, good pasture syndrome, anaphylactoid purpura, and the focal form of lupus nephritis. EM shows diffuse changes in focal glomerulosclerosis with the nephrotic syndrome and in Alport syndrome. End of quote. Thus, even though the light microscopic changes involve some glomeruli but not others, with immune complex disease, the glomerular deposition is usually typically fairly diffuse, involving all glomeruli, and global, the entirety of the glomerulus. The term focal, according to Bell in 1950, has been used since Lowline's publication in 1906 and 1910, and has been known that focal glomerular lesions may be found in association with bacterial endocarditis. In Lowline's first paper, he interpreted the lesions as capillary thrombosis, but in his second publication, he explained them as small infarcts resulting from the lodgment of minute infected emboli detached from the valves of the heart. Bell indicated that both Baer and Farr agreed with this latter interpretation. According to Heptonstall in 1966, quote, in focal nephritis, the absence of hypertension was considered the chief distinguishing feature from the diffuse forms of glomerulonephritis, end of quote. Also, according to Heptonstall in 1966, quote, apart from the renal lesions of subacute bacterial endocarditis, what was then called focal embolic nephritis, the condition of focal glomerulonephritis has received little attention compared with the diffuse forms, end of quote. In Volhard and Farr's classic work in 1914, they did use the term herd nephritis, that's H-E-R-D nephritis, all one word, in the context of embolic glomerulonephritis in plates 58 to 61, which when interpreted into English, means focal glomerulonephritis. However, since the introduction of the renal biopsy, focal glomerulonephritis's existence has become better appreciated, probably because of the earlier stage at which the renal disease is seen. As noted before, Volhard and Farr in 1914 
separated off focal herd formage nephritis from the diffuse variety and subdivided it into three major forms. Number one, focal glomerulonephritis with acute and chronic forms. Number two, interstitial nephritis. And three, embolic focal glomerulonephritis. The last is now known to be mostly autoimmune and or immune complex mediated and not very often due to bacterial emboli. One book nowadays, to my knowledge, shows a photomicrograph of a clump of bacteria and polys stuffing a glomerular capillary, a true septic embolus, from the large book of Zollinger, Mihach, and others. The term focal has continued to be used in renal pathology for the light microscopic changes. For example, focal glomerulonephritis, focal and segmental glomerulosclerosis, and so on. It should be noted, however, that the definition of focal has changed somewhat over the decades or century. In the early years, in the 1950s and 60s, the term focal was used by many to indicate that the light microscopic pattern of disease involved less than 75 to 80 percent of the glomeruli present. Of course, nowadays the term focal is used for light microscopic involvement of less than 50 percent of the glomeruli present in the biopsy. How and why this change occurred is somewhat clouded in the mists of history, but was probably used, at least in SLE, to make things easier and to balance the number of patients with focal versus diffuse light microscopic changes. So despite the term focal, a light microscopic term, in immune complex disorders, the pattern of immune complex deposition is diffuse and global. But what do we do if the immunofluorescent deposition is focal and or segmental? One has to exclude sclerosing glomeruli and study the best preserved glomeruli. If the staining for anisera, not counting IgM and C3, which is often nonspecific in sclerotic regions or globally sclerotic glomeruli, is segmental or even focal if you have a number of glomeruli to study, what do you do? The context, clinical laboratory, and other findings are important and may answer that question. However, I have always wondered, all things being equal, what does a true focal and segmental positive IF staining for IgG and or IgA and or both light chains really mean? There's not too much in the literature about that. So I believe all you can do is to try to put the entire case together, what I call gestalt pathology. True focal glomerulonephritis by light microscopy without immune complex deposits, of course, can be found in ANCA-driven diseases and in types of focal and segmental glomerulosclerosis. Why certain portions of the glomeruli are involved and not others is the same issue in question as with other focal lesions in other organs. We don't know. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.